you know, this will just be completely streamlined with no, uh, <laughs> no distractions. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, no. Always on task. Hi, and welcome to Slices, the Deep Dish Swift podcast. Deep Dish Swift is a Supreme Swift developer conference being served in Chicago from April 30th to May 2nd. On this podcast, we're chatting with the organizers and speakers of the conference. We're Kaya Malin, and in this episode, we're joined by Charlie Chapman, who is an iOS developer, the creator of Dark Noise, a host of the launched podcast, and a live podcaster at Deep Dish Swift. Yeah. Welcome, Charlie. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's weird hearing that. Uh, I, I sometimes forget that I'm doing that. It's weird not <laughs> saying a speaker, because you are going to speak, and I think like, live podcaster is probably a better live description. Live podcaster. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I, I always like live podcasts. You know, everything always goes perfectly right. It's just like a, like a regular recording. Uh, I've never been to a live podcast. So I really have no idea what to expect. This is like a lot of this conference. Uh, it was a, oh, this is a cool idea. And then Josh is like, and now it's a thing that's real and a big deal. Uh, and I feel like everything just happens very fast and uh, suddenly. So we'll, we'll see where this adventure takes us. How, how do you prepare for you for the live podcast? I'll tell you in uh, like a week or two, I guess. <laughs> I, I'm very much looking forward to it. I think it will be fun. Uh, yeah, I think we've, so. We've been to a few uh, live podcasts now, and they're it's always fun. It's 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 kind of weird, but in a good way. Where you're like, yeah, we're we're sitting here and watching a podcast, which is not usually, you know, it's it's, it's not, not usually natural. interactive. Yeah, it's it's also not the medium's most natural form. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think. but it, it does feel like you're you're sort of you're a part of it, even if you're just sitting there quietly. It still <laughs> feels like you're somewhat participating. Like there will be your laughter or your reaction will come through. Exactly, yeah, that's, that's the part I'm looking forward to. Is uh, normally whenever I make you know I make a joke or something, if I'm lucky, <laughs> the person I'm talking to laughs. And here, whenever I make a joke. I'll get to watch the audience, you know, dead faces as nobody reacts, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I'll slowly yeah. die inside. So that would be really 250 fun. more chances for disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. All right. So where are you from? <laughs> Good segue. Um, I, am, I am from and still live in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, right? Right smack dab in the middle of uh, the United States. If you've if you've flown from New York to California, there's a chance you know you saw us out your window if the clouds were uh, parting for you. <laughs> yeah, when you're sitting in the plane, you're like, man, it's still such a long way to go. You might be overcharged. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Look outside. If you see the arch, that's that's the thing. Like people yeah. do uh, know, at least in North America, people do know the arch as a thing. Uh, so we at least have that going for us. <laughs> All right. Um, and what do you do? <laughs> uh, I am an <laughs> iOS developer. Uh, I mean, I've been like a software developer my whole career. Um, and I keep saying like, I'm now entering this iOS world. I guess it's been, it was 2019. So oh, what is that? Four, four years? No, three yeah. years. Something years. like that. Yeah, I've been four, doing four this years. long enough to say I've been doing this uh, for a little yeah. while, but I still feel like yeah. I can't say that. <laughs> it feels weird once you get to that point. It's like, oh yeah, I'm like one of one of the people who've been here for a, for a while now. It feels yeah, strange. Yeah. Well, and I got I got in, you know, at the beginning of 2019, and Swift UI was announced uh, in the summer of 2019. Mm. So, you know, I had like three months to get to the point where I could be like, ah, these Swift UI kids <laughs> coming in here, you know, they don't know what it was like. Uh, 
So yeah, yeah. I, I have yeah. that going That's for good. me. <laughs> yeah, you have some, some street cred there. I feel like Martin and I, we, we recently made the switch from feeling like we're the, we're the new people around to now being the people that like we we talk about the you know the UI kit days and people look at us like UI kit why <laughs> exactly <laughs> right uh, yeah we too although I do think we we are pretty rusty in the UI kit now we <laughs> we, we we were like wait how do you segue programmatically <laughs> the other day we were like wait it's just show show like it's just show like that sounds weird yeah sometimes sound like you're like UI oh yeah this is so much easier like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then other times you're writing like eighteen thousand lines of code to i know, I know. render a list uh, as a table <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah okay there's pros and cons here <laughs> yeah. yeah um and as part of what you do you recently released uh dark noise 3 i did yes the big, How did that go? Uh, everybody's favorite, uh, you know, business model switch updates. <laughs> Fan favorites. Everybody really likes them. Uh, but I, I do like the spin on it where it's it's not about that there being a subscription where people have to pay you. It's about people being able to use the app for free. I think that's yeah, like the other that angle extra to bit it, of framing. Uh, yeah. It definitely helped. I mean, obviously, that doesn't help if you already had. <laughs> you know if you were an in-app purchase uh, so you were already free mm. but i didn't have a free tier at all before it was all uh, paid up front and so yeah. Yeah. adding that adding that free tier um it made it a lot easier you know to, it sounds weird but to sell like the narrative <laughs> was a lot easier to say hey there's now a completely free option here and then you can kind of work your way up the ladder if you want more features or mm. more sounds in my mm. case yeah, we. I was a little bit uh, nervous on your behalf <laughs> because you you always hear about the stories of people going to subscription and just tanks r- ratings and reviews. Yeah, and, uh, it's like oh, Charlie is trying to get press coverage about switching to subscription. I hope it goes well. But I think, I mean, at least from from the outside, it looked like it, it went really well. I at least in Canada, I looked at your ratings, and they're still as good as before. If not. I mean, it looks like you got more ratings, but your average stayed pretty much the same, which is... Yeah, I didn't even lose... Uh, you know how, like, the difference between 4.8 and 4.9 yep. stars means yep. that little single yep. pixel that, that you pixel. lose? Uh, <laughs> I, at least, I think, last time I checked in North America, I held on to the pixel, uh, yeah. which is pretty <laughs> exciting. I, that'll probably change over time. I, the big reason for that is, like, being a paid-up-front app was kind of doing the App Store on easy mode because the only people who... <laughs> who can give a rating or ones who've already given you money. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, once you go free, somebody can download it and be like, what this, know, you yeah. know, this game like, is horrible. And you're like, game, what are you talking about? Uh, you get weird <laughs> reviews like that all the time. Right. So I know yeah. like eventually you'll, you know, that'll happen, but I was pretty prepared for it and it wasn't nearly as much of a deluge of negativity as I was hoping. Yeah. And the ne- mm-hmm. negativity I got, a lot of it was decently funny. So, uh, you know, kudos to those people. I know, especially <laughs> the Mac rumors uh, uh, comments on under. What was uh, it? Yeah, there were some really good ones in there. <laughs> Mac rumors. That was that was where most of I felt it the most. Other than the like three days later when the reviews started catching up, uh, I did mm-hmm. get you know a decent amount of those too. But on the day of the launch, uh, Mac rumors comments were where I got most of the people being very upset. Um, but a lot of them, <laughs> a lot of them were pretty funny. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, thought I think you, you tweeted one of my favorite ones, uh, which was that with inflation, the, the price of noises went up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, because that's the thing. I mean, not to get too deep into this, but one of the weird things is by adding a free tier, I like de-risked the app. And so <laughs> the risk of 
you have to pay for it to hear any sounds Mm -hmm. meant that the paid up front price had to be a lot lower. And Mm so it was funny, like, you know, I had a, it was a $10 paid up front app before and it's a white noise app. So I don't even know if I've said Mm -hmm. that yet. It plays ambient (laughs) sounds. Uh, And so there's like a trillion lists on every single tech adjacent site that you can imagine of like best sounds to sleep to or whatever. And in almost every one of those lists, it'll like, you know, talk about each app and it'll be like, you know, whatever this app, it's advantage is this, it's disadvantage is this. And then it'll get to mine and it'll be like, you know, this is the premium, uh, white noise app, but you do have to pay for it. It's $10. And then the next one will be like, now this one, you know, it's not nearly as good looking, but it's a lot cheaper and it'll be like $3 a month. And it's like, what? Or $3 a week even, you know, sometimes you'll see those. I know. And I'm like, how? Okay. <laughs> there's there's a framing thing going on there where I'm on the bad side of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Despite everyone failing at math class and it not being your fault, you, it was still your, your, your problem to address somehow. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like the other thing is, you know, you could pay $3 and see what all this stuff was. Whereas on mine, you had to pay $10 to see what all this stuff is. And just yeah. in that extremely short term way of looking at it. Mine was way more expensive uh, to try. So I guess that's true. Yeah. So, so now you're no longer a premium app. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I raised my prices a whole bunch. Uh, yeah. And now I'm a cheap app. Congrats, uh, Charlie. You know, a free a cheap trial. budget noise app. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, how did you decide which, which noises to do for free? Yeah, I was going to ask as well. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I have a great answer. I, I, I have a bunch of different categories. And so my like initial pass was like, all right, I'll just pick one sound in each one of these categories. Um, and that's more or less what I ended up landing on. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I did, I added uh, some, you know, privacy focused analytics using telemetry deck, which mm-hmm. I don't think they're a, a sponsor of the, of the conference, but anyway, Recent, I've been really happy with them, but uh, I added those in a couple months before the switch so that I was ready to deal with mm-hmm. whatever was going to come my way. And so I knew which sounds were more popular than others. And so mm-hmm. I tried yeah, to have great. a mix. Like, mm-hmm. like the most popular by far was Brown Noise um, by like a long shot, which is like a, a deeper type of white mm-hmm. noise. Mm-hmm. And so I figured like, okay, white noise itself I'll make free because that's ostensibly what people are by default looking for and then it's like Mm -hmm. if you want one of the nicer ones that sounds weird but (laughs) like the other colored sounds are uh are behind the paywall and then same for like i have a whole bunch of different rain type sounds but i picked one Mm -hmm. of them to kind of be the default one Mm -hmm. and that one's free and then all the different variations you know are behind the paywall um so that's kind of where i landed i don't i don't know that it was the most scientific or smart way of doing it, but that's where I ended up landing. <laughs> but it is always hard, right? Because you want to strike the balance of giving enough for free for people mm-hmm. to to see the value and the quality of your app. But really, realistically, you want most people that are active users to at some point want to upgrade. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Which is... Yeah. You sort of want to... Like if you, if you have like your own favorites or like features or pieces that you're particularly proud of you sort of want people to see those first because that gives them a great impression of the app but it might be the thing that you put the most work into that you really should put behind a behind a paywall it's it's nice like being a sort of content app um is is kind of nice because i can i can make most of the features 
available for free because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the the sort of the main gate is I want this specific sound. And mm-hmm. so like all of my shortcut support, all of my like deep mm-hmm. integrations with the OS, it's like I want to be the the obvious choice if you just need yep. something that can play something in the background in the most Apple-y, Apple ecosystem way. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's cool because it's like, yeah, for a plain white noise, I should be the best option that exists. Mm-hmm. And I can make all those available for free yeah. because yeah. that person's probably not going to pay for the app anyway unless they want more of that uh, yeah. different types of sounds or Did something. Did you consider uh, going with a time-based approach? A lot of apps do. Um, and yeah, I definitely had that thought. Uh, back in my like Android days, the one that I used, that was what it was like. And eventually mm-hmm. we upgraded mm-hmm. for that reason. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of like the exact thing I was just saying. I wanted to be the best app you could use, mm-hmm. you know, for the plain white noise app and so, or plain white noise sound. And then the bonus extra features kind of come after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I landed on that. Yeah, like it might have it might have given me a better conversion or maybe would give me a better conversion. I don't know how hard it would be to change my mind i'm sure it would be painful uh, <laughs> so i'll probably stick with what i have for now but yeah. um but yeah it probably would have been a better conversion but i like the idea of the free option you play a really loud alarm sound every five minutes if you don't upgrade yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've had uh yes yeah, people have joked about like just sneak like advertisements into the sound like subliminally uh you know what i mean if you're on the free tier yeah that will work out very Big well Mac. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would like i would like use implementation of, uh, of subliminal advertisement in just advertise for different uh india apps that would be kind of fun yeah they'll all be carrot and they'll be incredibly disturbing yeah. uh, snuck in there you're putting your kid to sleep and it's talking about you know, murder and mayhem <laughs> Oh. Um, how did you um, how did you get started? How did you decide to sort of start building? We just because completely you... give up on segways this time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if we want to get through this, <laughs> eventually, yeah, yeah, because we're going to go on so many tangents. <laughs> that said, it's hard to find a segue between murder and how did you get into software development? <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope, I hope. Funny, you should bring those two up. <laughs> That's not what I was going to ask either, but let's go with that question. Um, I mean, um, I think we know a bit of your, your background story because you have been on Cup of Tech in the past. Um, yes. But for other people who uh, might not know you, um, yeah, tell us a bit, uh, or like, how did, you, how did you get into software development and how did you then move into iOS development? I know you did some Windows programming along the way, and that's yeah, always, always yeah. fun to hear about. Yeah, getting into software is, I mean, the kind of cliche uh, I went to college and got a computer science degree um, <laughs> and uh, and then got a job in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, iOS work necessarily sitting there, nor was it a thing that I was really considering. But um, here you kind of either land in Java world or Microsoft tech stack world. Um, and I just <laughs> happened to land in the Microsoft tech stack. So I was doing like web development uh, and stuff like that. But then, yeah, I did have... Uh, a couple of years there where I was doing Windows Phone and Windows 8, like the tablet, you know, version of mm-hmm. that um, development for like a consulting company. And that was like really, really fun. I, I really liked it. 
uh, I got to go to like Microsoft mm-hmm. Build at the Moscone Center, and <laughs> I felt like I, I felt like I was doing like a sort of uh, pretend version of all the Apple indie developer yeah. people that I know. I feel like an alternative universe version. <laughs> I well, I know that in reality, it's like Microsoft is a bigger company, right? Like, <laughs> but in my or well, at the time, I, that's probably mm-hmm. not true anymore. Uh, yep. But like. At the time, it's like the world that I thought was like the cool indie whatever world yeah. is all mm-hmm. these iOS developers that I knew. Um, and I'm over here making, you know, <laughs> ports of iOS apps for <laughs> Windows Phone, basically. Uh, Look, everyone, I'm also I was at Moscone. Get- <laughs> but yeah, it was at Moscone Center. And it, I mean, honestly, like looking back on it, uh, it was really cool because I was watching the Satya like... Mm-hmm transfer of microsoft into what it is today and it it really was cool to watch the 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 windows phone uh windows 8 side maybe less so but you know (laughs) azure and the sort of transformation Mm -hmm. of that company Mm -hmm. uh it it was actually really exciting and it was really cool what they were doing and like i still have a soft spot for windows phone uh I, i thought it was actually a really good platform it's just it was too late I agree. or, or they didn't, mm-hmm. whatever the business mechanics were, they couldn't get the apps. And like, mm-hmm. it showed you how important it was to get the apps, uh, mm-hmm. because yeah, they didn't have a chance once the only way you could get Snapchat was some weird <laughs> cracked version of yeah. their API. Uh, so yeah, but that yeah. was fun. But anyway, that only lasted so long and I got kind of fell back into web development. Um, and then I got an opportunity at the company I was at to, switch over to the iOS team that was consuming an API that I wrote. Um, <laughs> and very luckily for me, the way that company worked was like everybody paired all the time, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a crazy way to work. And it's kind of an overwhelming way to work. But if you're trying to learn a brand new platform from scratch, which I was so hundred uh, percent, like you always pair, like no matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. How did like, that go? You didn't have your own computer. You oh, had, really? Really? Yeah, you had uh, two monitors. Each person got a monitor, but it was mirrored, <laughs> usually. And <laughs> really? two keyboards, but they were hooked up to the same computer, two mice. And you would trade off. Really? Uh, who was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, like, everything was, like, hardcore, agile development, TDD. And TDD was, like, we do, uh, is it called Evil Pair? I can't remember the specific thing. But it was basically, like, you, you TDD'd as in you actually wrote tests first and then you made those tests pass. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. one person would write the tests and the other person would make them pass. And like the way they would train you, I don't know anybody who really did this other than people that nobody liked working with, but (laughs) the way they would train you is to like make the test pass as in like do the like dumb thing that you know, they're not actually Mm -hmm. wanting you to do, but that technically Mm -hmm. makes the test pass. And then the person would roll their eyes and then they'd change their test to, you know, make it actually force you to do the thing you wanted to do. Uh, like I said, it was an overwhelming way of working. And I, I liked, it was great for like knowledge transfer. It was really mm-hmm. great if mm-hmm. you were downloading Xcode for the first time and then joining an iOS team and trying yep. to mm-hmm. help them somehow. Um, but yeah, it, it was a lot. I don't think I could have done it for a whole lot longer than I did. I was there for <laughs> quite a long time. Fascinating. But, the point is, I got to, I mean, I got like every day I was pairing with a different person who had way more mm-hmm. experience in this than me. And so I was just absorbing. Oh, so you're also like in, in random assignment or, or semi like changing pairing, you know, always pairing oh, with yeah. the same person. So some teams uh, would switch every like 
two hours or something like that, which is <laughs> this insane. Like a, this sounds like a like a game. It, like a hot seat it game. was a very it was a very interesting place to work uh yeah interesting i'll say i i was not yeah i was not on board with especially switching that often usually we would switch like every day um so there was actually continuity of uh, like you know story being finished yeah. um but did you pair with someone that has like a Dvorak keyboard layout or something <laughs> I think there was, I think there was sometimes issues with that. So one thing that it did to me it's too probably the was, person that didn't that really hated the policy, and they didn't even know the Vorg. They just learned it so, so they could <laughs> make people mad. Yeah, you'd have to. They probably would do some hardware thing to make that work. I guess. Uh, yeah, I learned. I, I. It took me a long time to get over just being defaults for everything. Like yeah. the way I use Git is like, I would use Git K, which doesn't even come bundled with Git anymore. But at the time yeah. it was bundled with mm-hmm. Git. And so it was like, that's what I used every time. I wasn't going to use source tree or f- yep. now I mostly use fork, but like mm-hmm. I wasn't going to use anything outside of the defaults because if you switch teams or you switch with somebody else or when somebody <laughs> else had some specific way they wanted to work, it drove mm-hmm. me crazy. So I was like, I'm just going to learn how to use what I know is guaranteed to be accessible mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was pretty much no plugins, no like fancy versions of anything for a while there. That is fascinating. fascinating. Oh well, but it got you into Iris development. Yeah. yeah. Did the the uh, like the heavy focus on uh, TDD? Did that make you work a lot on tests for young for young projects going forward? Or oh, it made me uh, never write any tests you? at all. I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh. I did not share the level of enthusiasm for <laughs> test coverage as uh, many of my peers. Uh, I, I think unit tests are great for business logic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, they're, the way I always describe it is, it's like pouring concrete over code. So sometimes uh, yeah, yeah, it, can, it can make your code more solid. But if you mm-hmm. need to change that code, mm-hmm. it just becomes a giant nightmare. You have to bust everything up and often just rebuild it from scratch because it's a giant nightmare. Um, everybody talks about like longevity. Like, you know, if you inherit code that doesn't have unit tests, it's like, ah, oh, there's no tests mm-hmm. here. But it's like, have you ever mm-hmm. inherited code that has lots of tests? Because <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I've inherited a lot of code written the right way, uh, but it was the right way for whatever the right way meant four years ago. And it yeah. is a mm-hmm. nightmare. Right, the mm-hmm. more architecture and stuff yes, you have yeah. around that, when there isn't yeah. a continuity of work, mm-hmm. um, the more of that concrete is laid that you have to like learn and understand and demolish in a safe way without destroying everything mm-hmm. else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, it's a tool, but it's not this perfect, you know, unicorn <laughs> of a thing like yeah. I think some people want it to and be. I, I think that's the same. It, it's the same with architecture. I think there there's a balance there. Like if you completely architect, like if you go with something like Viper and you make a really sort of high separation, like that type of architecture, then I think like you're gonna maybe benefit from it for like your direct team that you're working with at that right. moment, and it might fit your use case at that point. But I think like onboarding someone else to that code base or someone else inheriting the code base completely it's going to be taking a lot of time to just try to figure exactly. out where everything yeah. is happening i want to change the label here it's like all right we scale that in for two sprints <laughs> yes for real yeah like you have so many uh so many files you now have to change it's but like and it you know it team scale is a big part of that too right it's like mm-hmm. when you have a 
really big team, sometimes you you have to build a bunch of infrastructure to deal with mm. that because uh, mm-hmm. it can get out of hand if you just kind of are loosey-goosey. But mm. yeah, everything's a trade-off. It frustrates me when people won't acknowledge trade-offs because uh, everything is <laughs> yeah. a silver bullet, right? But, uh, <laughs> but I understand, and I've been in situations where there needs to be more structure as well. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. But I do agree. We should encourage more pragmatic development in our industry. Thanks. Yeah, especially I think, I think one thing I notice is that there, there are... Um, because there are bigger companies that are focusing a lot on the sort of bigger infrastructure pieces or focusing a lot on the way their apps are architected, I think there are apps that might not need to be architected that way that sort of adapts it by default because that's what the big company does. And I think you always really have to look at it. Like if you start in your indie app, don't worry about what architecture you're going to use. Like just just build what you want to build. And then, yeah, maybe you have to add some some different... um, separation of logic and you have to work on that later but that's just gonna like unless that's that, unless that's what you think is super fun like if architecture mm. is your thing and that's why you want to work on your indie project go for it but otherwise or you're trying to learn it right yeah. like a lot yeah, of people good. making indie apps that's the point is i'm yeah. trying to learn something and mm. if you're trying to get a job at a big company or a medium-sized company showing that you understand i almost said coordinator pattern i guess I don't know. I don't know what yeah. people are doing anymore in Swift UI land. Uh, everything we do where I'm at is a little bit uh, custom, but yeah. <laughs> showing that you understand, you know, how to do that separation of concerns is a big mm. deal. And so mm. learning that using your own app as a way to get used to it or practice it is definitely yeah. makes sense. Definitely. But I think, I think it's a lot about just deciding what, like, what do you want to get out of developing this? Is it about learning architectures? Go for it. That's yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I if think you want you're right. speed, like, there's no silver bullet. Gross code that you're embarrassed to show is sometimes the best <laughs> way. When you're a really small one or two person team, uh, mm. having all of that architecture isn't necessarily necessary. Yeah, mm. and it is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but I sometimes get satisfaction out of knowing, man, this code works really nicely, but it is a bit of a of a mess. But no one's ever gonna see it. <laughs> yeah, everyone just looks at the product. It's like, man, that's a nice animation. But if you would actually fold back a few layers, like, holy, <laughs> especially animations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. All right, segueing into how <laughs> you have a podcast. <laughs> We're on a podcast. I don't know. So podcasts, eh? <laughs> how did you uh, get started with launched? <laughs> uh, that was. Um... How did that start? It was like right after I launched Dark Noise, I kind of, I, I guess I, I think of myself as a shy person, but then I, it turns out I just want attention is what it really is. Uh, somehow deep down, uh, at least on the internet. And so, yeah, I was trying to make like as much noise as I could and I was trying to get on a bunch of podcasts and got on a couple and, you know, I thought that was helpful. And then somebody, somebody else launched something, you know, soon after and they were talking about, uh, Hey, does anybody want to have me on their podcast? And so I was like retweeting them and said something about, Hey, anybody looking for this person? And then somebody responded to me with, this should just be its own podcast, like a thing that's about Mm -hmm. launches. And I was like, Ooh, that sounds fun. And Mm -hmm. I'd kind of done a podcast with a friend for a little while before more to learn and understand audio better. And, Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, okay, this is a thing I can do. And so this was, you know, I, I was like, seven or eight months into having switched to iOS at the company I was at. But that company is con- was a consulting company. And mm-hmm. everything I had done prior to that was mostly in the in the Microsoft stack. And in fact, I had like, 
I've spent most of my career like clawing my way to the front end and then getting kind of <laughs> dragged back to hell. Uh, Microsoft uh, and uh, no, nah, I shouldn't say Microsoft. It's the back end, which is fine, and I I I feel like I'm okay at it. But like, mm. it's not where I get excited. Mm. Um, and so being at this company, like, there's been times where I've gotten into you know Angular or Ember or React, and it was really mm-hmm. fun. And then some fire would happen, and they need people, and you know I have. .NET on my uh, resume. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, this person will <laughs> slot in here. So I was always paranoid <laughs> about getting pulled back into the back end, <laughs> but I didn't think I could swing getting, making a lateral move job wise uh, with less than a year of iOS experience. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of trying to find ways to like really sink my teeth into the uh, iOS community. So like, mm-hmm to increase the chances that I could maybe make that happen. Um, and so this person saying this podcast idea kind of with those emotions going, we're like, Oh, this would be a way to like meet people, you know, trick people into talking to me for an hour. <laughs> maybe some of them I would become friends with and maybe they'll help me get a job later or something. Um, the main thing I was planning on doing, uh, was speaking at conferences. I was going to try and do that. And then going mm-hmm. to conferences and meeting people going to WWDC. Um, but that was that was January of 2020. Uh, so it, it turned out the podcast ended up being the one the one thing I actually had going for me there. Uh, so I leaned into it very hard after that. Um, so yeah, that's how it started. Yeah. I I really like it too. It's it's a really really good podcast, and also it's it's such a good example to what we talked about a little bit earlier that so many different approaches might be the right one for what you're working on right it's, <laughs> it's like every every time someone is on they talk about their story and it's like almost a polar opposite of what the previous person did but yeah it still led to to them getting where they wanted to be yeah i really like initially the idea was almost like a talk show like you know mm-hmm. your movie's coming out we're going to talk about the movie that's coming out and mm-hmm. tell a little story about it whatever um it's slowly become like half the show, if not more sometimes, is the person's backstory leading up to that. Yep. Which honestly mm-hmm. I think is almost oftentimes is more interesting than, you know, the app itself. Especially when it's a brand new app. It's like there's a lot you can talk about about building it, but it you know, you run out of stories pretty quick because it just came yep. out. You don't you don't know mm-hmm. the end of the chapter mm-hmm. or end of the book here. Um but the journey to get there is fascinating. Like yeah. so many people yep. have gotten into tech through very weird uh, paths mm-hmm. um, or they've been in tech forever and it feels like their story is kind of the same as everybody else's but when you start pulling on threads it's like whoa you did what what did that company do and you know yeah. this is going to come yeah. as a really big shock to you guys uh, but sometimes I can pull on threads and go down rabbit trails uh, every <laughs> once in a while and normally I'm extremely focused you know never veer off into random tangents but uh, every once in a while I'll indulge no half the show is that but I I think it's really fun, and uh, usually if I think something sounds really interesting and I pull on that, I'll get a lot of feedback from people that they were really interested in that too. So uh, mm-hmm. I try yeah, to kind of I, almost lean into that. I, I think that's that's the cool thing with podcast versus versus something like a like a late night talk show. I found that often, many times when I watch like late night talk shows or even just live interviews. Um, with people in the tech industry, I'm like, man, you should just have asked 
that extra question. Like, I know that you have prepared <laughs> yeah. questions, but I want to go down this rabbit hole. And why don't you ask follow-up question on this particular thing? Because I think that would like open up so many stories. But it's always very surface level when they have a certain amount of time mm. or they, they know right. that they have like a live audience that they need to keep engaged. And I think if you can just record everything on the podcast and then you can cut stuff out mm. or you can sort of see where the conversation is going. I think there's so many more gems there that are just making the conversation a lot richer. Um, mm. So I, I like tangents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a little, I, I will say, it's been a little frustrating uh, listening to this podcast over the last, <laughs> I don't know how many episodes you have now, because I feel like, you know, I have this thing that I spent some time trying to make sound good, you know what I mean? And like, you guys have managed to pump out, like, I don't know, it's been like, what, two months or something, and you have like 90 episodes? Maybe not quite that much. But it feels like... Like every couple of days, I'm getting a new episode from you guys. That's basically my show, uh, if not way better. And you, they just keep cranking out. And I'm like, what the heck? Uh, wow, how are you doing this? <laughs> that's that's flattering to say that, that that you think that it is sort of like your show, but I really think you're you're doing a better job. <laughs> I have often listened to myself. I'm like, oh, I'm so awkward. Why am I speaking like that? How does uh, it flow so nicely when Charlie makes yeah. a makes a segue, and we're going from murder to software <laughs> development? <laughs> Heavy, heavily edited. That's why. <laughs> All the, all the awkward pauses are, are cut out. <laughs> but I think that said, I think, yeah, I mean, we, we have been sort of cranking out episodes, but I, I do feel like we did not, we thought this would be a fun idea when we first proposed it. And we thought, ah, there's so much time before the, pod, before the conference starts, <laughs> we will have plenty of time to just chat with everyone. And it's been super fun, but we, we have realized that it was quite an undertaking to, to record just a podcast and prepare a talk. Like, the scheduling... <laughs> is so overwhelming when it's different people in different time zones everywhere. Uh, like, I don't know how you're able to wrangle people into, uh, into getting these slots, you know, figured out. Yeah. I, I do think it helps a lot that we don't have what you consider a, a traditional day job. It's like, if someone's like, mm -hmm. how about 11 PM? We're like, sure, we can make that work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Cause I kind of have like some spots that I can make work and then, you know, kids' bedtimes and yeah. kids going to school or picking up from school, like a lot of a lot of blocked off time mm -hmm. that I'm trying to make work, especially, you know, my Australian friends or New Zealand <laughs> friends. Uh, those are like, well, there's about an hour and a half window, which is how long I set to record where <laughs> I'm awake and you're awake and both of us <laughs> can actually record or I can actually record and hopefully yeah. we can make that work for you. Yeah. 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 So we definitely doing that on easy mode that said it was <laughs> it was it started as a we didn't quite know because we're also gonna give a talk at deep dish and we didn't quite know so we thought hey what if we just talk to all people before and then we surely have an idea of what we want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's difficult for us to sit down and spend some time come up with the talk let's add a huge pile of work on our plate uh, <laughs> to distract us <laughs> that sounds about like me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but that said, I, I think it was a lot of, it is a lot of fun. Like, it's not, you know, it would be different yeah. if you if you were recording, you're like, oh, damn it, another podcast to record. But it's actually one of my highlights every every couple of days to, to talk to someone who's actually having their stuff together and hearing what, what they're up to. Uh, it's, it's quite fun. And it's, I'll say, like, I've, 
you know, I haven't been to any iOS conferences yet, but, uh, well, I guess I went to WWDC, but you know what yeah, I mean? I was just going to say, uh, I, yeah, I've seen you at one. <laughs> well, right, like a, a conference, like, you know, uh, with speakers and, and the whole bit. Uh, I guess technically Tim Cooks came on stage and said, I'm going to hit play now, but uh, that, uh, that, that's a direct quote. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think I signed an NDA. I shouldn't have shared that. Whoops. Uh, um, yeah, that's what it was like when you were there in person. No, um, but like I've been to conferences before and it's really cool going into this one knowing like when I look at the schedule and see the speakers, it's like I, I kind of know who that person is now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, Usually I go to a conference, I maybe know one or two of them from Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. But in this one, it's like, I know their personality and some of their backstory yeah. and where yeah. they're coming from. And that that's pretty cool and kind of unique, I think. But I got to say as well, I think you you have a harder job because you actually have to find the speakers for your podcast. <laughs> you have to find the speakers. You have to that's figure true. out what they've been doing and the whole background. Whilst we are like, okay... <laughs> Like, Josh has done all of the sorting. Like, he already picked amazing people for us to talk to with such a diverse background. And there's so many fun stories to just talk about because everyone everyone is just doing a lot. People are giving, giving conference talks and they have, like, blogs. They are having podcasts. And there's so many things going on in everyone's life. So it's super easy mm. guests to talk to as well. And I think we're definitely playing that on easy mode because we have amazing people already picked for us. That's true. You don't have to do the thing that I do, which is get really, really nervous to ask some person <laughs> I've looked up to for forever if they want to, mm. do you want to come on my podcast? Uh, <laughs> and then then you write up a note, you know, and then you let it sit there for like three or four days because <laughs> you just can't bring yourself to hit send. And then you finally, you know, hit send and then you don't hear anything for a while and you're like, oh, I ruined it. They're going to hate me forever, you know. Uh, and now it's even yep. harder because like you don't have twitter dms to just fall back on yeah. everywhere yeah. you have to like wrestle whatever it is that mastodon <laughs> private mentions are uh yeah that yeah the the fediverse needs to figure out uh dms because it's making my specific job a lot harder <laughs> and they should they should revolve their entire uh yeah know, Hold all, all other development. Yeah. And get on You don't that. need quote posts yet. You need to figure out how to make it easier for me to, you know, randomly DM a well-known person uh, in the community. Do you feel more comfortable now after you have sort of gotten your feet wet and started reaching out to people? Do you feel fine about it now? Yeah. For a while, it was like um, the thing I was just describing was very real where it's like, I would spend forever agonizing over like, do I ask this person? Do I wait until I have this other episode come out? So it gives me a little bit more, you know, like credence in the community or mm-hmm. cause like this person surely hasn't heard of me. So like, they're going to look up whatever the thing is. And I want the last episode mm-hmm. they saw to be whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And now I'm definitely less, you know, paranoid about that. And I think I'm sure you all feel this too. It's like for a while when I was starting, I would get like so like such intense like nerves hitting the start call button because mm-hmm. you're just I don't know it's like it's like it's gonna be like Marco Arment like I'm gonna like <laughs> talk to this person you don't want to like embarrass yourself or make your first impression like yeah. I don't know yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what I'm afraid is gonna happen uh, but it was so nerve wracking and now it's like I don't prepare now that I have my system all hooked mm. up pretty well too i can get into a call really fast and so usually i don't have time to be as nervous it's like oh no i need to get to that thing and you know you start the recording and open audio hijack 
Um, it's also if you if you talk to someone, you, you want to say something funny, right? You want to break the ice, say something <laughs> yeah. funny. But if you're nervous, saying something funny on the spot is a lot harder. And if that joke doesn't land, you just dug yourself a deeper hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the I, I I want them to think I'm cool symptom. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I'm super casually just just cracking a joke first thing, and <laughs> yeah, I or can't you act get like the words you don't know together. Who they are you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who are you again? <laughs> All right, segueing right into. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can just hop into this. I, I want to see you figure it out. So, I really uh, enjoy being on this side, by the way. <laughs> uh, this is nice. Normally, I'm the one like, you know, the person's talking and I should be listening and engaging. And I'm like, all right, how do I thread this over to the... Like, we need to get the arc over here. Yeah. How do we do that without it being really awkward? And yeah, it's almost always really awkward. <laughs> Uh, speaking of funny, uh, what other fun things do you do outside of development? <laughs> other, what other fun thing like like stand up comedy? What, what are we getting at? Uh, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> okay. Um, um, do you have any hobbies? <laughs> do you have any hobbies outside of development? <laughs> do I have any hobbies? Um, I have, instead of hobbies, I have kids. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I guess this is the symptom of the millennial, but like all of my hobbies, you know, end up getting rolled into the side hustle, right? Yeah. Um, so my hobbies before were like video production. I really liked shooting video. I really liked editing video. And then that all kind of dovetailed into motion graphics, like After Effects. I liked making uh, little ads for like, like local ad agencies or uh, churches in the area for like bumper videos mm -hmm. for things. Um, and also just for your own product, like the dark noise launch videos are amazing. It's well, that's what I, it's, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like that's, it's all dovetailed into that. Like yeah. uh, I found out, you know, there's a plugin for bringing after effects animations into your app. And it's like, Oh, well I need every app or every sound to have its own animated icon. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm, constantly finding ways to like shove that stuff into into my work because like opening after effects as part of your job if that's the thing you like it's mm -hmm. like imagine if like you really liked you know woodworking common mm -hmm. you know ios thing yeah. and like you have you know some prd comes up for some you know project for your project management software stack that your company makes and then one of the bullet points is like we need a wooden chair made. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, we just, somebody, we need a wooden chair. Like, you can just go to a local makerspace and saw up some logs and stuff. And that, that person would just be shaking with excitement, right? Like, yeah. I get to do this for, like, and I get paid for it? You know, I'm not going to spend all of my money on my hobby. Uh, that's what it feels like when I get to open After Effects or even like Photoshop or Figma or, you know, some design mm -hmm. tool or something. Mm. Uh, if I'm not in Xcode, and I'm getting paid. It, it's like so exciting. Not because I don't like Xcode, but because those worlds used to be yeah. separate and I can like yeah. slam yeah. them together a little bit. Um, so it's hard to say, do I have hobbies outside of development? Because they all end up, you know, falling back into that. But <laughs> I have that's... plenty of hobbies outside. I, I, give, <laughs> I record a podcast with developers. I go to exactly. develop a conference. Wait a minute. 
<laughs> exactly. That's every one of them you start to describe and you realize like, ah, I guess that people consider that part of your iOS thing. Um, it, but that's what's been I, I, cool about this community. But I feel like is. if you talk to indies, they're like, oh yeah, man, Charlie has plenty of hobbies. If you talk to people outside of our world, they're like, man, <laughs> they do nothing else but this guy. But yeah, work. Like, I, always, I always like think about the work obsessed person mm-hmm. who's like, yeah. Like, man, I can't imagine working after I put the kids down. Like, that seems insane. And then my wife will be like, you put the kids down and then you go relax by, you know, pouring yourself a LaCroix and opening up Xcode and writing, you know, a unit test or something. It's like, like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess not a unit test. That was a bad example. I don't ever do that for fun. But uh, writing a settings page in SwiftUI or something. Yeah, yeah. my my mother was so excited when I told her I joined a makerspace because she's like, oh, you get to do stuff with your hands. I'm like, yeah, and all the machines have this software that I can, like, be very specific with. She's like... Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's just what you usually do. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. We programmed that uh, laser cutter. I mean, doesn't make for great uh, doesn't make for great podcasting. But behind oh, yes. behind my chair, there uh, wood cutouts and engravings of our app icons. Yeah, you posted uh, those on Twitter, right? Those yeah. look awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was really fun, and like you, you do have to very much like add all of the variables of how deep you want the cuts to be, and how like um, how strong you want the laser to be, and all those different things. And yeah, it was. And of course, we want the proper corner radius. So we, yeah, you know, we want <laughs> yeah. continuous corners, not not yeah. peasant corners. And you get to do it using math and a keyboard and mouse yeah. instead yeah. of you know <laughs> dirty hands and sawdust and stuff. Like you put in a little glass box, and then that all gets vacuumed yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. So we, we say we did stuff with wood but we just put wood in a machine did a whole bunch of yeah. code and hit go <laughs> but then you get to hold it afterwards so yeah. i know you can put it up on a wall it is kind of nice though i i do like oh yeah um with with software you always feel like i don't know what it is i don't know if that's a us thing or if you feel the same way you build something and you're kind of proud about it and and you're like cool this looks really nice and then a week later you look at it and you see all your all the mistakes you made and it's like wait a minute why is the padding to the top way different from from the mm-hmm. from the leading and trailing edge how yeah. did we not you're see like, it oh, this is embarrassing i have screenshots of this in the app store Jeez. Yeah. oh no so all of all of the things that i release are for the most part completely perfect <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i've never felt that feeling no <laughs> <laughs> Good timing. <laughs> I was just just taking a big sip of water. Yeah, that, right. that almost you almost just spit that all over your microphone. <laughs> uh, just the mental math of computer hardware that is in front of me that I might destroy by by laughing about this joke. <laughs> Or, or this, this uh, wasn't a joke. You're, you're just accurate <laughs> evaluation my of accurate your own. account of my, uh, my general perfection. Yeah. <laughs> but that said, once once it's in wood, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna chisel on on the, you know, wooden cutout you made. It's like no, this is this is now solid. It's it's you know. That's the ni- the nice thing about video, like video yeah. projects or, mm-hmm. or art, um, is like when it's done, it's done. And like yeah. I feel like like I'll go back and watch you know these horrible videos that I made in like high school or college for random projects, and it's not like I look at them and think, you know, this thing is ex- great, and I would share this with all my friends and be proud of it. But like I am very proud of it, looking at it now, yeah, because mm-hmm. you're far enough away. It's it's I think it's probably similar if you look at like screenshots of it even of an app that you have still going, but they're old screenshots of V1 mm-hmm. from like a review or something, and you're just like, man, that was 
that was pretty cool like yeah. that i made that right um and yeah with video stuff it doesn't take very long at least for me to get to that feeling like even mm. those like launch videos i make for for dark noise going back and watch some of the old ones it's like yeah i like rush those i they were more or less a treat for myself i gave myself <laughs> like a night off to do that instead of <laughs> fixing some bugs or something up to release but when you watch them now you're like man that's those are pretty cool because you don't have that eye mm-hmm. of like i can go in here and fix yeah. it so you yeah. kind of start yeah. letting all that stuff go or at mm-hmm. least i do and it's also nice they don't degrade over time right if you leave an yeah. app sitting and you don't update it for like hours you know 17 in, in september stuff might break your video assuming you didn't use the most obscure hardware only <laughs> video codec you'll probably be able to watch it in in you know five years ten years and it will look exactly the same way that it did when you made it yep exactly all right segue time <laughs> <laughs> Uh, have you been to Chicago before? I have. I was just there a little over a year ago. Uh, we went there for spring break, like with my kids and stuff. Hmm. All right. How do you like Chicago? It's awful. Nobody should ever go to this state. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, we, I love Chicago. I mean, I live in the Midwest. Uh, yeah. You know, other than the fact that they're a baseball team. <laughs> the thing about the Cubs. So, you know, the Cardinals and the Cubs, at least from the Cardinals' perspective, were like big rivals. But the Cubs mm-hmm. are not good. Like every once in a while, they're they're good. They won a World Series once, I think. Uh, nobody remembers that, uh, and you can't keep track of how many the Cardinals have won. So. But like other than that, other than a little bit of rivalry there, uh, it's it's nice having like you know a legit growing city in the Midwest. Yeah. That's that's close. Uh, architecture is like amazing. Um, and it it has public transit, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that technically really we cool. do too, but it's <laughs> the L train. Like, it's actually pretty. It's pretty good, at least you know from my <laughs> midwestern American uh, perspective. Uh, <laughs> it'll actually get you from point A to point B yeah. in a reasonable <laughs> amount of time. Um, I, I I really struggled listening to the second part. I was so excited that we just unlocked some uh, the the tech podcast achievement of talking about uh, <laughs> baseball. I. I <laughs> I feel like that's somehow an Apple tech podcast uh, achievement. It's mostly Gruber, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't talk about uh, Midwestern baseball super often, though. Interestingly. No. <laughs> I don't know if he's ever mentioned the Cardinals once. Uh, yeah. So now, guys, you're, you're conflicted. You're like, oh, we can either keep on talking about baseball or city planning. City planning. Have you ever been to a baseball game? Not yet. I have not. Oh, no. are you? There's a White Sox game on the Saturday before. I don't know how, you got, how soon you guys are getting there. I think there's a group of people that might Sunday, be going. Getting there Saturday, yeah. Saturday? Are we getting there Saturday? Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you should you should consider it. I mean, yeah, the White we Sox, should look at it. You know, it's the White Sox, so it, it's it's baseball. Uh, no, but <laughs> baseball baseball is great. I I love I love baseball. So I'll be you know a defender, even if maybe it's not defensible to some people. But yeah, well, it's I definitely should, yeah, worth going look. to a game. Now, if there's a way you can go to a Cubs game. I wouldn't argue the Cubs are good, but Wrigley Field, it's really, really old uh, stadium, and it wonderful experience. I've I, I been to many Cubs games there. Uh, it's a really fun experience. So I can't say anything. I've never been to a White Sox game, so I can't, I can't say for them. But uh, <laughs> if you can get to a Cubs game, if it lines up, I don't know what their schedule looks like while we're there, I would make mm. that work because that is a All great right. experience. Mm. All right. Get a hot dog. Definitely put ketchup on it. all right um let's get into our rapid fire questions shall we all right cool let's do it um what is your favorite ios app 
it, it can be IBM if you. <laughs> <laughs> Just IBM, the company. It's my favorite iOS app. Um, is that a, is that an inside joke to something that wasn't recorded? Is that perfect? We'll just let leave that up to the imagination. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, like it's these, this is one of those things that's like hard to answer. There's like, what's your favorite app, and then there's like, what what can I say that makes me sound cool? You know, that's like a <laughs> deep cut kind of thing. Obviously, like most of them have been said. So like flighty carrot overcast, yeah. uh, up ahead, I think has gotten a couple that would have been my go-to because, uh, one Daniel's amazing and deserves more people <laughs> to see his app. But if you've, if you've never looked it up ahead, it is, it's one of the most beautiful, uh, apps yeah. that's come out in recent memory, especially in the like, mm. you know, single indie kind of game. Mm. Um, another one I love, uh, speaking of baseball is pennant, uh, mm-hmm. It's like a sports app that gives you what to me is my favorite way of keeping up with sports. Now, St. Louis has an MLS team. Uh, I really like keeping that on my uh, like top of my widgets because somehow we have a brand new team, but we are still first in the league, uh, and they are amazing. <laughs> so I like seeing you know this chart that shows everybody's standings at any given time. Uh, but the one I'm going to choose, you know, after I just listed like ten, uh, is one that maybe less people have heard of. It's called. Pixo, I think that's how you say it. P I C S E W. Have you ever heard of this? Yes. Yes, I have. I have used that. Yes. Yeah, it's essentially it's just an app for taking screenshots, but it's for taking scroll shots. Oh. Yep. And it uses the uh the API I always forget exists where like apps can actually record your screen. So like you go to the control center and you long press on the record button and you can pick from different apps. And so mm-hmm. you can pick Pixo. I'm guessing that's how you say it. I don't actually know. Uh, and and then you can go back to the screen that you want a scrolling screenshot of. Mm-hmm. And then it basically just records a video while you're scrolling. And then it turns mm-hmm. it into a longer screenshot. And I use that like probably every day for random oh, really? things oh, that I'm trying I'm... to show. Yeah, it's just surprisingly frequent. Well, because a lot of times at work, I'm trying to share a concept with people, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to... Mm-hmm. You want just a little bit longer of a screenshot, or you're trying to scare, share like a news article with somebody, and it doesn't quite fit on your phone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I use it surprisingly often, and it's I, something about it. It just like makes me happy every time because <laughs> I, I think it's like a lot of people talk about Cleanshot X, Cleanshot Ten. I don't mm-hmm. know the one on the Mac, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. I haven't used yet, but I think it's a similar thing where it's like it's not that it's <clears throat> that crazy what it's doing, but it makes your life easier in a mm-hmm. constant frequent way that it makes you happy. And so mm. that's that'd be my pick there. Nice one. I I I used it for the most vanity screenshots possible when Orbit and Mercury were featured on on the App Store. Oh, yeah. uh, we took a screenshot of the entire App Store page for all the contacts with all the other apps that that also uh, on there. That's It's that's perfect for stuff for. like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a lot of times you take like five screenshots. Well, and this is why I say this app because there's a bunch of like stitch apps mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they, they kind of make you take like, take a screenshot, scroll up, take a screenshot, scroll up, take a screenshot. Mm-hmm. And then you can like stitch them together. But then you have like these extra s- screenshots in your camera roll. And a lot of them have a thing where they'll like delete it for you. But this one, it just like, it just kind of does it the way you'd want it to without mm-hmm. leaving mm-hmm. any sort of residual junk behind. So great. Pick. That's cool. So what's your favorite Mac app? What's the, <laughs> what's the list? And then what's your actual pick? <laughs> 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 I won't even try to counter that. Uh, so <laughs> I think the one, 
<laughs> one that like I like love. I cannot wait for this app to officially come out so I can give him money is uh, MimeStream. Uh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. It's the email app that basically yeah, yeah, yeah. is mail, but it doesn't suck. That's not fair. The mail app is fine, but it, working with Gmail, uh, MimeStream is basically the mail app, but like with all the Gmail hooks. Mm-hmm. It's and also it is, interesting how you complimented and insulted the same person because he used to work on the mail team. At that's Apple. true. That's true. <laughs> well, but, yeah. when I say it doesn't suck, what I mean is it doesn't suck with Gmail. Yeah. Like it, mm-hmm. and and honestly, I use the mail app most of the time. I would try different apps and get kind of frustrated with them. Um, and I would always end up falling back to the mail app. But like the ability to just see like, did I accept this calendar invite or not already mm-hmm. versus it being a bunch of links that just say join or not, or like mm-hmm. yes or no. And it's like, did I accept this or did I not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just has all those things that you, you, w- I used to go to the web interface, which I just find incomprehensible. It's probably just cause I'm used to uh, using a Mac app now for my email. Um, but yeah, MimeStream is really great. Uh, the other one that really brings me just like a lot of joy, right? And probably the most exciting Mac app to me right now is Arc, which is the the new mm-hmm. browser. Mm-hmm. One, that company is just, they're doing they're doing the whole branding thing very well. I, I understand that it's all marketing, but it's marketing that works extremely well <laughs> on me. Uh, everything that they put out just makes me happy in a, in a weird way. And so, but the browser itself is... It it fits me extremely well. It has like the tabs mm-hmm. on the sidebar, and at first I was skeptical, and then I got used to it, and then I was like, I hope like Safari or Chrome steal this idea, but then they <laughs> just keep adding new quality of life things. That it has to be that browsers have stagnated, and there's just so much low hanging fruit because I don't know how they keep doing it. Like every couple of weeks, they come out with something that I'm like, why have we not had this for forever? <laughs> um, the biggest one to me is the it has they have a feature called Little Arc, which mm-hmm. it's basically like when you when you click on something that opens in a new window, it opens it in a new window, but it's this like temporary window, and it either mm-hmm. goes away or if you open something else in in a new window, it'll just replace what's there, mm-hmm. and so you don't have this like residual tabs hanging everywhere. Um, I don't know. It's it's very very good in a way I wasn't expecting and they keep <laughs> managing to make me excited uh, with a browser somehow. So kudos to <laughs> that also, team. But I really like, it's not just a cool browser, but also and with a lot of new features, but also everything is so delightful in that, in that app. Yes. Right? It is a very, you know, everything kind of animates nicely and everything feels extra fun they have this you know this kind of token thing you get when you when you sign up and it's like it hovers and kind of moves in 3d when you're when you're mousing over it it's just a very there's so many parts where like man someone spent days on just this one small animation to be just right it's very like crafted and the and the company does these like you know these videos all the time like when they they didn't have like a a loading animation whenever your tab is loading like if you hit reload or something mm-hmm. um and then you know they got that like added in and they did like a it's not really a live stream but basically like the guy walked through mm-hmm. in swift ui exactly how he built the thing and the, the problems he ran into and it was just like this is so good like mm. everything mm. about it the end result is great the story of how you made it's great and it doesn't have the like they're very crafted like you said mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But because of the way that they talk about everything, it all feels like 
well, I could do that. Like if I, <laughs> if I took the time, I could do that. Like they don't do it in this, like where these, you know, magicians in the cloud who mm. we work really hard and we're also geniuses. Uh, <laughs> it feels like, it feels like it's pragmatic isn't the right word because it's all very, it's all very fun and delightful and kind of goofy <laughs> sometimes, but, um, it has a Accessible. bit of a vibe. Maybe that's as the word. If it, it, it's kind of like an indie app, but there are way more people and they have yeah. way more resources, right? Everything right. feels like it was. <laughs> but it, it never it's like turned an indie into. App, except for all the things that define that. <laughs> but, but it feels more I like they're a, whole, a group of indies that just want to, mm-hmm. you know, someone just wants to really polish this one corner that no one's going to see, but they really care about. And for some reason, they 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 allow for that to happen within their in their you know within mm-hmm. their company, and I think that's yeah, yeah. Right. good pick. <laughs> We're flying through these. <laughs> so, All what's right. your favorite iPhone model ever made? So this one will be extremely brief without a whole bunch of long preamble like everything else. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. A long preamble. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I I have a hard time with favorites, uh, generally speaking. So instead, I just give <laughs> a ridiculous amount of context that makes it no fun for anybody. Um, so the spirit of the question, I think, is what's what's your favorite like kind of phone that you've had? Because I I was on Android for a long time. So during yeah, the era I where everybody tried to figure out where you're gonna go with your answers, <laughs> <laughs> this is the meta game I'm playing. All right, keep going. <laughs> so many words, so little content. Um, so my during the era where everybody had you know their favorite phones, like the the four four S or whatever, yep. uh, I was on Android. So for me, like when I think back on what do I have the most nostalgia for phone wise, it's it's actually the Nexus Four, uh, oh, which okay. actually you know what great podcast right content. You hear the sound. That's me hitting yep. really hard for some reason. Uh, the <laughs> Nexus Four that I have sitting on my desk. I actually don't know why it's there. I must have been showing somebody at one point. Anyway, <laughs> it's a glass-backed, uh, very cheap, but very open phone because, like, all the you know Google Nexus line phones were super yep. open. And mm-hmm. I love. I just. I really, really enjoyed that phone a lot. It had like the best haptic engine. Uh, it's still the mm-hmm. keyboard feels better than like any keyboard that I've used since. Uh, really? it's really okay. light yeah i wouldn't say it's the best haptic engine like it probably only had one level of <laughs> strength <laughs> that could exist but it worked perfectly for the keyboard it just felt very mm-hmm. good to type on um and it, yeah it was just it was a very like fun device horrible battery life uh, horrible camera but in that era that wasn't the most <laughs> uncommon thing especially on android but uh <laughs> yeah it was a great phone as for your actual question though iphone <laughs> i think i would pick a phone that I never owned, which is the iPhone 10. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Because watching that like announcement, it was the first uh-huh. and maybe the only time I can remember getting the feeling like the original iPhone, where you're like, "Where is this going?" Yeah. And specifically, the their entire like UI model around gestures was mm-hmm. just completely like yeah. brilliant. I still think it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a. I don't remember if it was the year that that came out or the year after, but oh, I can't remember what his name was. I think he he was also one of the design leads on the mm-hmm. Dynamic Island. But yeah, he did a talk yeah. on gestural interfaces and talked specifically about the uh, how they did you know getting rid of the home button and it's so good and they just mm-hmm. nailed it and like you know me being in both worlds at that time with Android and iOS, uh, mm-hmm. I'd seen 
how can you do this without having a home button? And it seemed obvious. It seemed crazy mm-hmm. that the iPhone still had a home button at the time. But mm-hmm. then they came at it, and it was just like, it's the most Apple thing. Late to the yeah. party. Take a completely <laughs> different approach with some really obvious negatives that nobody else sees. But it changes the game, and everybody eventually copies them because yeah. they just they, they think different. I mean, it's so cliche, but it... <laughs> You know, when they when they do that, it it works so well, and it's the most satisfying feeling in the world to see them reveal that. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, this, that was amazing. like, you know, the how many gestures they got into the the home button, and it all feels so natural, right? Just the fluidity of switching between apps is, is so much. Like it wasn't the lack of a button didn't take anything away. It actually gave no. you a whole bunch of like, it's yeah. way easier to switch between two apps mm-hmm. now than it was mm-hmm. before, right? It wasn't that you now have to learn some kind of gesture. It's just, nope, swiping over to the next app. I think uh, that's why the Dynamic you... Island thing was fun too. It was so exciting. Yeah. It was because it was mm-hmm. like, let's take this negative and like, how do we turn that into a positive? And they do mm-hmm. that better than anybody, it seems like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> oh man, uh, we're going to go off the rails here. But that that is what makes me so interested in the likely Apple headset announcement this year uh, at WWDC. Because I'm is sure they're ha- not going to just have... Are they making like a headset? <laughs> 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 Sorry. It's <laughs> the first you I've know, heard. They're not, they're not going to just release the same as everyone else. Like, no. I, I think they don't have it in them <laughs> to just be like, yeah, we have one too, here you go. Right? They're, I feel like there's going to be a whole bunch of fun stuff yeah. in there. They don't. Yeah, I don't think they, although there they don't was the, the iPad. <laughs> you know, that's the counter example. When the iPad came out, it was the opposite feeling uh, watching it. Not because it was bad. They it, they nailed it. But like, mm. everybody's like, so how are they going to deal with the keyboard thing? Like, everybody knows you can't just make it a bigger iPhone keyboard. And they're like, all right, so it's a bigger iPhone keyboard. <laughs> oh. And like, almost everything was just, it's it's an iPhone, but bigger. And like, turns out, that's really, really useful. But they didn't like yeah. rethink the game there. And I think we could mm-hmm. see that with the headset too, where we're going to watch it and be like, really? It's just what we have now, but in a different way. But the the advantage is, think? yeah, exactly. Like it has all the apps that you want. It works exactly the way that you'd expect it to work. And then people will come up with ways of using that that make more sense here than made sense on their other devices. I, I, I don't... I see it with the iPad because that, that was still in an era where... The R and D cycles were not quite as long, right? This headset has been right, rumored that's for. That's a good point. But like, I also think another thing has exactly been rumored for longer than I, we knew of each other, right? Yeah. Right. It's been but, it's been a very very long time of of headset rumors. I don't think this uh, like they probably worked on the headset longer than they worked on 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 the iPad or mm. and iPhone combined, right? Definitely. But yeah, I think yeah. another thing is that the iPad was sort of already started developed before the iPhone. Um, Essentially, right. right? They 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 started with a bigger form factor when starting with the iPhone, and then that eventually became um, that R and D sort of led to an iPhone. And I think they sort of always had that idea that after the iPhone there will be an iPad. Um, so I can imagine that there might not have been as much sort of going back to the drawing board as they would have had with something like a headset, where they tried to really reimagine it. So I'm, yeah, I don't know. True. Maybe maybe I'm getting myself too excited, but I, I I'm very much looking forward to see what they're doing because i think apple has apart from the gaming angle which apple is notoriously uh great at <laughs> they will nail is what you're saying yeah, yeah. If, if, they're, if they're if they will nail one thing with this thing it's gonna be gaming um yeah. <laughs> that one that one worries me because i do think gaming is a 
I mean, it's it's such a big industry. I do mm-hmm. think Apple has an interest in it. If you watch interviews with executives, they talk about gaming a suspiciously right recently, suspiciously much mm-hmm. recently. Right? They're clearly yeah. they're clearly having gaming on their mind a lot more than they used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, maybe maybe there's there's hope in that space as well. But I do think headsets are great. I mean, again, if you've not tried it before, but fitness in VR mm-hmm. is amazing because you work out and you didn't realize you did. Right. Uh, just having re- it on your head gets your neck so worked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to turn it on. Just put it on. Sit on a couch. It's like calories. those weird things that just like shake your belly and give you abs. <laughs> uh, no, but Mon and I, we often play uh, a whole bunch of VR games. It sounds... We have, we have two. It's have two really headsets. cool in real life. It just sounds goofy. But we're both standing next to each other in our living room <laughs> uh, and playing. <laughs> it gets worse. Uh, and we're playing this um, Viking drumming boat race game. <laughs> I mean, that we're, sounds awesome. <laughs> so it, is, it, it is really fun. Yeah. It's, so it's, really cool it's essentially, it's a, it's a rhythm, you know, uh, Tap Tap Revolution, speaking of early yeah. iPhone days. Um, you, you're drumming with your hands on, on drums. And if you hit the drums at the right pace, uh, you're, you're moving... <laughs> <laughs> your boat goes faster yeah you have a whole yeah. bunch of people you can see to your left and your right all the people you compete against and the better you beat is the faster your mo- boat goes or the more you're on the beat okay yeah yeah uh, mm-hmm. which is super fun because you're kind of competing but you're also like swinging the, the hammer your right. viking mm-hmm. hammers because it's all viking themed and it's it's like you're competing you're in the rhythm you're you're super active you're constantly looking over your shoulders to see if you're still ahead or if people are catching up and yeah, you me, play I, that I just and look you... straight <laughs> I just look straight ahead <laughs> I can see them all in front of me <laughs> <laughs> but you keep playing and you're like this is super fun and then you check your Apple now has on the watch fitness uh-huh. gaming as one of the categories and you check your watch it's like oh man played for 40 minutes and you take off the headset and you're like oh wow I can barely move I'm so sore my mm-hmm. my legs are sore my arms are sore I'm a puddle yeah. of, of it's like you burned 450 calories like what yeah. that was so much fun how yeah. could I yeah that's awesome how is that possible and I think Apple cares about fitness I think they they can totally do a really nice tie-in with uh Apple Fitness Plus and, you know, oh, if you yeah. have Fitness Plus with real instructors, but in cool environments, right? And then, then it turns into like, you know, to cool down and you go into a forest or something. I think they could do a lot of really interesting things there. Um, and I, I do think like for the productivity side, they have an interesting setup now. You know, if you could have your, your workspace and you can use widgets from all the apps that you have installed and could place them anywhere in, in your essentially you know, living room, office, wherever. You can just have any widget anywhere in, in, in your in your environment. I think that could be kind of cool. Now the rumors with the iPad apps, having using it mm-hmm. as a screen for your... I, I do think they have a lot of pieces that, that could work. That's the thing. I think there are a lot of pieces, but I think with the early version, there will have to be quite a lot of compromises. I don't think the headset is... Yeah. What, what do you imagine? Like, I think Apple imagine themselves and i think everyone would imagine that if apple releases something it should be super lightweight something that you want to wear all the time and it's not having any compromises about like related to your comfort wearing it but i do think it is hard like getting everything into such a small device and i think now at this point they sort of just release a version and then i think it will be a lot of iterations from there which i think is oh, very yeah. different from other from other products i think it will be you will see some of the compromises in the first version, which I don't think you really have seen on 
iPhone or Apple Watch or iPad. It'll be more like iPod V1, right? Where it's like, Hmm. when you look back on it, it's like, wow, you can see all the bones there. But the first version of it was, (laughs) it was kind of clunky, right? Like, Hmm. but it was still, they did something very different than everybody else Hmm. making MP3 players at the time. Hmm. And that's, I think that's the thing. I think everybody's excited to really see revealed is like, we all know, or assume that they're going to make a completely different set of compromises and choices. Mm -hmm. Some of which will be baffling, right? (laughs) Like always they come out with something and the whole industry goes, wait, it only has how many mega flops? Like you can't, you can't release one of these without this many mega flops. You need at least 10 mega flops. (laughs) They, They have four mega flops. Like how could you possibly do that? But then it's like, but the whole thing is turned on its head because they, mm-hmm. at a very early stage, mm-hmm. made a different choice than everybody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And so the compromises will just be totally different. And will that unlock some other way of using it uh, mm-hmm. than everybody else? And the, the controller is kind of the obvious one yeah. looking at it. Yeah. It's like, will it have no controller? Well, you can't imagine... like. When you use VR now, it's like the controller is the magic moment. Because for a while, we mm-hmm. only had the headsets, and you yeah. use like mm-hmm. an Xbox controller or whatever. Yeah. And that was neat. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the first time you got one of those with the controller, you're like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Like, yeah. perfect one-to-one tracking. Like, yeah. this, mm-hmm. you know, I could reach out. Somebody was holding the controller in front of me, and I reached out and grabbed it, even though I couldn't see it. Because it's yeah. your brain is there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so them not having a controller, which I still think, I wouldn't be surprised if they they do have a controller concept of some kind if they're trying to make games happen. But then again, look at all their other gaming, you know, (laughs) story. Uh, So who knows there, but you know, your your main gaming console is not an Apple TV. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I use the Siri. I got it somewhere here. The Siri remote is uh, for Red Dead Redemption, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah. All right. So iPhone 10, right? <laughs> Favorite <laughs> iPhone model. <laughs> I told no. you this one would be the straightforward one, so I'm, I'm glad that all came came through exactly as I promised. Um, all right, all right. We we added recently a new question into this. Uh, what would you guess? How many iPhone apps do you have installed on your iPhone right now? Oh no, uh, 542. Oh, that's the highest guess that we've had so far. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you settings, see, general, about settings. applications. And um, settings, general, in iPhone storage? Where about. is that? It's an about. Oh, about. And then Obviously. applications. And ah, 541. What? Wow. I've listened to what? this podcast and looked it up before, but apparently I deleted an app uh, since then. So I was very excited to say that, but uh, I'm off by one. Man. I would have guessed. So when I've been listening, you know, I hear people throw out a number. So I have an anchor. I would have guessed in like the 200s, 300s. Uh, okay. Okay. But, but then like once I heard people say theirs, I'm like, I bet I'm higher because I download a lot. You know, yeah. same with yeah. Malin, like, uh, yeah. I download a lot for reference sake, but then also yep. with the podcast, I'm constantly trying people's stuff out. Mm-hmm. I get, I have a form now I set up where people can like submit to be on the show and they often mm-hmm. will include, try this app out. And I almost always will try to at least download it, uh, mm-hmm. to check it out or whatever. So yeah. So pro tip, if you want one extra download, <laughs> submit a form, submit a form. On- <laughs> oh, wait a minute. What did I do? Uh, 
<laughs> I didn't realize that the ep- the episodes with the the number of apps is out already. That makes it harder. <laughs> I, I think, think there's been quite a few. <laughs> I thought Maybe I lost not. track. I just <laughs> well, I listened to them kind of. They're like out of order on mine too. Like I thought I was listening to them in order, but Overcast was getting rid of old like old ones because you release yep. so many of them so fast <laughs> that I can't keep up. And so like. I thought I was listening to them in order, and then one will just like pop up. That's you know number seven or something. I'm like, what? <laughs> and so uh, they they haven't all been in order, so I can't remember. I thought this was an older question that you got rid of, but I think it's actually the reverse. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. We need a we need a new curveball question. And yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm so proud all of myself. <laughs> all right, what's your favorite food item? Ah, uh, this is a hard. Like hard, everybody's had a hard time with it. I, I don't know that I have a favorite. Uh, I live in St. Louis, Missouri, and mm-hmm. uh, everybody thinks our food is dumb. Is the general <laughs> consensus? Uh, have you ever heard? Of, do you guys have you heard of Panera Bread? Yes. Uh, okay, so that from here that's called St. Louis Bread Co. Oh. Uh, because <laughs> it was originally St. Louis Bread Co. It actually merged okay. with some corporate company from denver called panera and that then they took the panera name anyway that's not important (laughs) the important thing is at panera uh and maybe just in st louis because everybody else thinks we're insane so maybe nobody else will do this (laughs) we if you get bagels from there Mm -hmm. uh you can get them bread sliced so they're cut into like a loaf of bread like they're cut into slices (laughs) and like i can see kai he's like you can already see like you know this is the first episode that's gonna get hate mail um, from it's me great <laughs> from you okay 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 what wait where are you from do you have are, do you have like the new york bagel snob uh, thing going on we're we're kind of we adopted the montreal bagel style that's what i was gonna ask i was gonna say oh montreal and i was like wait you're in vancouver yeah does vancouver <laughs> have montreal away, bagels we, we adopted the <laughs> montreal the style we get. yeah <laughs> okay okay but I, I still don't get it. Uh, so you basically <laughs> yeah, have the bagel, like, yeah. like it would be if you would have it flat like this. Uh, uh, this is great podcast content. You would yeah. cut it like on this angle, or would you cut it, slice it in the middle? So they have a special bagel slicing machine uh, that they <laughs> that they run it through. It's kind of like uh, when you send uh, wood, you know, like logger yeah. logger machines, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, uh, it's yeah. basically like that. It slices them into strips, basically. Um, and, oh. Instead of slicing them in half, yeah, why? Two I might ask the obvious question, but wh- why? <laughs> well, here's your answer. Because if you're, if you have, you know, if you work in an office with other human beings, like people used to in the olden days, uh, <laughs> and you want to grab, you know, something for your team to have for breakfast in the morning, or you have like an event or something, then you can get a big thing of bagels, and most people don't want a whole bagel. But you can get these things. How big are your bagels? <laughs> That's episode title. Uh, I mean, they are pretty big. Panera or like Breadco bagels are, they're almost more like bread. Let's okay. be honest. Okay. They're not okay. like, I understand why New York, uh, you know, stick up their nose. People uh, look down on these because they're different. Just like they look down on deep dish pizza, which we haven't talked about yet somehow. Because... Yes, it has the same name, but it's 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 more of a genre of thing, right? It doesn't have oh, okay. to be yeah. this one specific thing. It's a general descriptor. Uh, so it's kind of like so these bagel are, bites. 
right? right. How many people look at bagel bites and think like, "Ugh, how could people like yeah. these? They're a different thing." I mean, all right, I'm sure I, lots of people. I, think I come that. around to it now. I think if okay. I think but of it, it's here's bagel the advantage bites of the bread sliced bagel mm-hmm. is you also get a big thing of you know cream cheese or spreads mm-hmm. or whatever, and. Now you have these thin strips with a long flat piece, kind of like a like French bread yep. or something, mm-hmm. and then you can spread your thing on there. You have a way higher, you know, cream cheese to bagel ratio. I should like that. Yeah. Yep. See, see, listen yeah. to this. It's, yeah. You guys are coming around. <laughs> I won't send you. A, I was going to send you a picture of what they look like, but I can already hear. I'm used to hearing the like, you know, disappointment uh, in people's <laughs> voices. So, so I won't even bother sending a picture. You can look them up if you want to. Uh, if you Google it, you'll find lots of people you know, with angry, angry tweet threads when they discover that this is a thing St. Louisans do. But anyway, I I think I I come around. I also looked at St. St. Louis cuisine on uh, Wikipedia (laughs) and the the picture, you know, they always have like a header picture. It it is a pie, uh, three apples, a baseball glove, a baseball ball, (laughs) a baseball bat, all served on an American flag. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> there's probably a bunch to unpack there that we, we probably shouldn't uh, i don't know what's going on there but yeah we now we have our own style of pizza which i love i've actually made uh the organizer of this conference josh holtz try it before and he uh he politely didn't make fun of it until <laughs> later after the fact um, it's famously hated by most everybody that Ooh, doesn't I live here, but people that live here love it. Yeah. So it's it's a thin, it's a very thin crust. Uh, it's like a oh, cracker yeah. crust kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the main the main thing, the reason it's controversial is we use a cheese called Provel, which is a it's like a blended cheese. It's uh it's like cheddar provolone something mm-hmm. else, and then there's like liquid smoke or something is an included flavor okay. in it. It's a very okay. specific. It was like it's a it's a fabricated cheese right which i mean mm-hmm. all foods uh-huh. fabricated but you know what i mean it's made it processed <laughs> there's the word yeah um, cheese. sure but it's made of cheeses <laughs> anyway uh but it's made to be less like stringy like okay. mozzarella it's got mozzarella in it but mozzarella is really stringy this is like mm-hmm. when you take a bite it doesn't leave long strings of it yeah. behind mm-hmm. right um but it's a very specific flavor it's actually i think it's a good cheese like it's really good on solids and stuff like that and most people are okay with it in that case but on pizza uh people have generally not great reactions to it. It's mostly only famous when people marry somebody from St. Louis that are like celebrities and then they make fun of it on Jimmy Kimmel or something. Uh, But it is good. I'm looking at it. Uh, you guys, you, you all seem to like bite-sized pieces of stuff. Like you, you cut them so small. It's like it's when you small say you all, squares. you mean St. Louis? Yeah, it's okay. It's like I was like, I thought you were saying Americans because I'm like deep no, dish meats no. is the opposite. People, people um, in St. Louis seem to like cut, cutting things into pieces yeah, that you can just take a bite. Oh, I see. Pizza, yeah, there's a there's a toasted ravioli. It's always like here. if if it can fit into your mouth in one bite, it doesn't. I'll I'll argue that to my grave. Also, gooey butter cake. St. Louis thing, very yep. very good. Most everybody likes that whenever they come here because uh, it's just a lot of fat, uh, you know, a lot of butter, and you know, a little cake to make it you know seem like it's cake. But you're basically just eating butter. It's very good though. Yeah, I'm on board with that one. That oh, yeah, one is an easy show for me. That sounds good. Yeah, anything with I butter. Really in, I really wanted to figure it. out. Speaking of the live podcast, I really wanted to figure out a way to like bring a St. Louis style Emo's pizza and make somebody try it, but 
Uh, there's no way I couldn't figure it out logistically. I'm taking a train up there, which as an American feels very special. Uh, but there is a train from St. Louis to Chicago. Uh, it, t- it takes a while, but it, you know I'll get there. Um, and yeah, I don't think a pizza would survive. Well, maybe to some people it would taste just as good bad, but uh, you know, it, it often gets criticized for being like cardboard. And I feel like it especially would get that if it's not even cold, just yeah, you're not helping you know, room temperature. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you're also the the idiot that's on the train with a with a pizza. To... <laughs> Going from St. Louis, maybe it wouldn't seem that weird. Yeah. Uh, um, but do you like deep dish pizza? I do. I like I like deep dish a lot. Uh, like I said, I I like all forms of pizza. To me, pizza <laughs> is a category. It's funny hearing New Yorkers. You know, I, I don't know why I'm I know why I'm because pizza and bagels specifically New Yorkers have <laughs> yeah. very strong opinions on. Um, I like New York in general. So, you know, <laughs> it's only these two food topics. But uh, people get very like this is what pizza is. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because it's like you realize like Italians look yes. at New York pizza and they just like, you know, they get nauseous. Like it's yeah. that is yeah. an affront to nature. Uh, so. <laughs> I, there's no, there's no true pizza. Pizza, you know, it's a state of mind, really. Uh, <laughs> no, like it's. There's so many variations. I find it very fun to go to a place. Detroit style pizza, if you've ever had that, also very good. Um, okay. There's a lot of types of pizza, and mm. they're all fun to try. I think, but deep dish is certainly a unique category of pizza. Um, but I do really like it. My wife mm. loves it and wants me to bring specifically she loves Giordano's and she's like, you're going to bring me some back. Right. And I'm like, I'm taking the train. Like you're going to bring me some back. Right. And I'm like, I, I guess, oh. so I don't know. I might be like building some dry ice contraption here, but also getting you, kicked off of a train. If you take the train out with the pizza and the train back down with the pizza. Just exchanging different types of pizza. One of them is incredibly thin and barely exists. And the other one is soup. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I, I I agree. I'm I'm very open to different pizzas. I I, I find it very exciting about North America. I, I mean, yes, in in Europe you have some slight variants in pizza, but most of them are very much Italian pizza, close-ish to Italian pizza. It was kind of fun uh, moving to North America, where everyone has their very specific, uh, yeah, strong well, opinions like, on pizza. In St. Louis itself, there are so many pizza places that are completely different like yeah. we have a place it was barack obama's favorite pizza place uh which used to be down the street for me and they just closed <laughs> that location but they they called it san francisco style but it was like a cornmeal crust it was kind of deep dish it was similar <laughs> but that one they had like their all their shirts that they all wore had the word provel with a slash through it on the back like they were anti san Louis <laughs> style pizza there's like warring factions and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of diversity in pizza in, in st yeah. louis surprisingly yeah, first the biggest controversy in Europe is that Swedes put banana and ham okay, on pizza. Okay, you make this seem like a bigger thing than it is. It's if all Swedes don't put banana on pizza. It's it is an option. Most pizza places <laughs> in Sweden offer a banana and ham yeah, sure. pizza. It's banana offered. and ham. Yeah, it's offered, I want but to try it's not this. something everyone eats. It sounds horrible, to be clear, <laughs> but many things sound bad to me, and then yeah. it's like. You know what? This works. Banana and cheese yeah. feel like a weird combination, though. I think Sweden had this sort of period where 
we put banana in weird things. Like in savory <laughs> dishes, we just put banana in. I think it was, I don't know if it was during the 80s or 90s, where it's just like influx of banana. banana in, period. In, yeah, yeah, it's like items it. that should not have banana in it has banana. And now it's a side effect we have. We, we have I don't know, maybe that's why we have pizza with banana on. It's like I mean, Italy with tomatoes. Wasn't, was, isn't tomatoes like a New World thing? Yeah, like yeah. They actually mm-hmm. came from yeah. the Americas and then... Yeah. Italy, of course, like perfected using them, but it's like weird to think that tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. but that didn't work out that way for the Swedes. I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a reason yet. that most cities are not full of Swedish restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> Just Swedish fish. Those are everywhere. <laughs> oh. All right, All right. <laughs> that brings us to our next question. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, um, this is. <laughs> Usually, I usually we say this is the hardest question, but I feel like we've been a little bit all over the place with every single one. Um, Everything is a hard question with me. I just made your life so difficult. <laughs> oh no, this is easy. I'm I'm not going to edit this. People, people all get to enjoy this. We'll subject everyone to this whole conversation exactly as is. Um, so next question is uh, our two truths and a lie segment, uh, where you will share two truths. About your life and one one lie. All right. Like everyone else, you know, I really struggle with telling the truth. So, you know, this will be <laughs> difficult to have these two truths. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll just I'll just list them out, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, uh, so, okay, we'll go number one here. Uh, I've stepped foot on every U.S. state except Alaska. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two, I, I had never left the continent of North America until last summer. All right. And three... My first real job was selling digital cameras at the now defunct Circuit City. Awesome. All, All right. right. With that, where can people find you online? Uh, uh, CharlieMChapman.com. That's probably the, the safest place because, you know, this episode might come out in a couple of days. And by then, we'll all be on a new social platform. Who knows? But you can find me. I'm on Twitter at underscore Chucky C and on Mastodon at charlie m chapman at mastodon.social awesome thank uh and i see your name doesn't have a blue check mark next to it anymore <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm finally finally free for the time being although although uh if you go to twitter and you search you can still filter by uh real check mark I, I forgot what it's called but yeah. actual you know old school check mark people and that still works apparently so you know <laughs> under the hood i guess i still have the check mark that i definitely don't actually deserve <laughs> uh, i'm not surprised that the entire system isn't updated in one <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you so much for joining us looking forward to Thanks seeing you for soon. having me <laughs> yeah really very fun. soon man very exciting thank yeah. you that uh, will be great. And I'm so excited to to hear your live podcast. I think it will be super fun. Same here. Awesome. <laughs> All right. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of Slices. The Deep to Swift conference is happening very soon in Chicago from April 30th to May 2nd. And we hope to see many of you there. And otherwise, we'll see you in the next episode. Nailed it. Right on target. 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Was that your original goal? <laughs> Swear yeah. 30 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. yeah. Oh, I'm getting hungry. Talking about so much food. Recording yeah, you guys it. really set yourself up there with uh the food questions. Those are like my favorite. I love 
because everybody gets it's not about what's their favorite food it's about the whatever weird thing they start ranting on uh when it comes to food because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's, it's always fun. a story to it you can't just oh, yeah. have food yeah yeah and everyone has something right some people have maybe family from a different country and they have a very particular dish there that i might have never heard about some people have those very specific what what did you end up actually now picking as your favorite i didn't i was kind of <laughs> proud of that i snuck that by <laughs> I think you're the first person that came that got out of a question. <laughs> I can what, talk what, my way out of. Uh, was it any of the ones we mentioned, or would have? Would have... <laughs> no, I actually did write down if I because I figured you'd might make me, but I got away with it. Uh, <laughs> pasta carbonara was what I ended up. Ah. <laughs> just, just <laughs> it's a dish that uh, I do like, and it used to be like if there was some special thing, there was a place I'd go to. Uh, <laughs> um, had, that was really good but <laughs> we went through all That's the controversial boring. ones as part of, of <laughs> warming up and and then i just the... want people to have heard of st louis uh and all i got <laughs> is controversy so i'll lean into it you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome